Good morning, friends. You know, as I get older and hopefully wiser, uh, there are a few qualities that I admire more. I'm beginning to learn to admire more as I get older and more mature and hopefully, by God's grace, a better father and husband and priest. And a per- what I'm really beginning to admire in people is something which a friend of mine once called an encourager. I mean, think about the people in your own life who have helped you to grow, to become stronger. Think of the people who taught you not to avoid suffering and run away, but rather the people that taught you to take it on and grow from it. That is the gift of encouragement. And we don't think of that. At least I didn't until about 10 years ago. We, didn't, we don't usually think of encouraging or encur- encouragement as something we admire in people. Most of us admire things like bravery or courage or leadership or influence or power, right? But our culture never tells us that it, to, to think about encouragement. We, you rarely hear about it. But, I, I, you know, more and more I think that, and I'm convinced, that more and more being an encourager, listen, is I think the most important friend you can have in your life. According to Google, what did we do before Google, right? According to Google, an encourager is someone who gives support and confidence and hope when a person lacks confidence and hope. And so today I want to look at this idea of encouragement. How do you do it? It's a good question. What does it mean to encourage somebody? How do you do it? We're going to look at this idea of encouraging each other and being encouraged in the words of St. Paul's epistle to Timothy. And we're going to, in fact, spend the next four weeks on 2 Timothy because nobody ever studies 2 Timothy. I've never preached out of 2 Timothy before, but there's a lot in there that I want to show you where Paul is encouraging Timothy and also encouraging you and showing you how to be an encourager of other people. So, a couple things I'm going to look at today. Three points. Big surprise. How does, how does Paul encourage Timothy? Three ways. First, Timothy reminds, sorry, Paul reminds Timothy of Timothy's family's faith. Paul reminds Timothy of Paul's confidence in him. And Paul reminds Timothy of the reality of God's power. So Paul, Paul encourages Timothy by reminding him. That's what you do as an encourager. You remind somebody of something they already know. That's encouragement. Paul encourages Timothy three ways. He reminds him of his family's upbringing, the people that went before him, the people that taught him. He reminds Timothy of Paul's confidence in Timothy. And finally, and this is the biggie, he reminds Timothy of God's power. You ready? You're going to go out and encourage somebody today? Good. I hope you will. Because uh, I, I want this to teach you how you can encourage another person. Let me, let me set the stage in case you don't know what's going on in this epistle. Paul, at, at second, uh, in 2 Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy, Paul is at the end of the line. He is in a Roman prison. He knows his execution is imminent. And he is basically writing, you might think of, his last will and testament. Probably his last correspondence to one of his dear friends, Timothy, who is a fellow priest. Timothy is a young man, probably half Paul's age. Timothy is a younger man, 16, 15, 16 years old, had gone along with Paul on the missionary journeys. And so Paul and Timothy are tight. Like they know each other really, really well. 
Paul is a mentor of, in one sense, and Timothy is kind of a greenhorn, right? And so, when, and so Paul writes this letter, letter to Timothy, and let me submit this to you. One thing I hope you see this morning is that when we think of Paul and his letters, we think of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, right? Or Paul's letter to the Galatians, which I had to translate in seminary. Or Romans, right? Paul's letter to these different church groups. All of these Corinthians, right? We think of Paul writing these great big theological masterpieces, which, he, which they are. But we forget something about Paul, unless we look at it. That Paul, like all good theologians, is at his core a pastor. And so the letter to Timothy is totally different in tone from the other epistles that he writes. It's a personal letter to a friend. Timothy is a priest who now runs the church at Ephesus. Paul went to Ephesus, planted a church, wrote the Ephesian letter, sent it to them, and now Timothy is a priest in charge of the parish at Ephesus. We know that Timothy was young, probably 35, 32, right in there. He was frail. In uh, First Timothy, Paul I have a hard time believing this, but Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, don't forget to have a little wine for your stomach. I don't know. I got nothing. Ain't that what he tells him? So Timothy is sick, and apparently Timothy is not a very confident, strong teacher. And so if anybody who's been in parish ministry knows, people will come at you sometimes from different directions. When I was a young man, when I was a young priest, and I was 32 or so, I was actually in this very situation, and I lamented to a friend of mine who was a senior priest, uh, Father Austin. I said, Father, I don't know. People don't seem to take me seriously. And he said, well, nobody takes, he says, I hate to tell you this, but nobody takes you seriously until you turn 35. And they still don't take me seriously. That's another, that's another matter. That's a, that's a personality deficit there. But the point is here, point is, the big point here, is that Timothy is now running a church that Paul had planted. They planted together. And Timothy doesn't have a lot going for him. It's tough. It's hard. It's a really difficult place. And Timothy is, in a word, discouraged. You ever been there? Of course you have. You ever been in a place where everything just seems to be falling apart? Where the, where the bottom falls out? And so Paul, the pastor, encourages Timothy in three ways. First thing he does, and all three of these things are reminders, by the way. I'll get to that in a minute. But Paul encourages Timothy by first reminding Timothy of the faith of his family. Look at it again. Paul writes in verse 5. He says, and it's so cool because Paul is actually encouraged by Timothy's faith. I'll show you. Verse 5, he says, Timothy, I'm reminded of your faith. A faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now lives Timothy in you. He's reminding Timothy of the history, of the example that his mother and his grandmother had set for him, of the, the struggles that they went through. And he watched and he saw his mother and grandmother be victorious because they have faith in Jesus. Imagine Timothy as a boy and his mom taking him to the temple and showing him how to use the Book of Common Prayer, right? When to kneel, when to stand. They don't do that. But the, but the point here is that what Paul, the first thing he does is he reminds Timothy of the people that God had placed in Timothy's life as a young boy. And so here's a question for you. This is important to be aware of it, to think about it, to reconcile it, to, to own this. Is there somebody in your family 
whose life encouraged you. Maybe it was your grandmother and her name was Lois. That'd be kind of funny. Maybe it was uh, an aunt or an uncle or a grandfather or a mom or a dad or my grandfather, Fred Vermeen. May he rest in peace. These people, God, there's no coincidences in life. You've heard me say that before. And Christianity is relational. And friends, God puts people in our lives to encourage us, to learn from them by example, to see how they wrestle with the things of this life and how God leads them through it. Let me give you an example. My dad, Tony Rodriguez, who died this past July. I love him very much and I miss him. He had a profound impact on me. My dad did. He was a strong guy. He was kind. He was a straight shooter. And he was an encourager, which I never really realized until I buried him, frankly. And he was an encourager of me, not in some sort of blow smoke kind of way. He wasn't always telling me things were great. He would sometimes say, you know, you could have done a better job with that. Or, you know, you did something I didn't think you could do. Good for you, right? He was an encourager because my dad knew me well. And he always wanted the best for me. That was the, the point. And I learned that from him. I learned that from him. And he would also admit that he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't, and neither am I, and neither are you. But you see, we learn from people's faith, not only in their successes, but sometimes even more in their own failures, and seeing how God uses these things to bring to life his 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 grace and his power. So what about you? Own this, right? Because this is how you're reminded for the future wrestling in your own life, your own heart. What about you? Who has God placed in your life? Someone who encourages you. Someone whose faith is an example to you. Someone you look at and go, man, I wish I had faith like that guy, that girl. Who is it? Own it and know it. Because you're going to need to rely on that and be reminded of that faith when the bottom falls out in your own life. And you know, I, I can't help but, as a, as a dad and, you know, a husband and all these things, I, I can't help but just make a point that, friends, you and I, as parents and godparents, God willing, someday, we are to be encouragers. It's perhaps the most important thing you and I can do with our children. If you don't encourage your children in their faith, for God's sake, who's going to? I had a, 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 a guy, when I was in Red Bank, I was at a party one time, at a cocktail party or something, and, you know, it's almost inevitable that when people find out you're a priest, they want to come up and argue about religion. Okay, fine, bring it, but, okay. Uh, but this guy said to me, yeah, you know, I find religion all very interesting, but, you know, we don't, we don't take our kids to church. He says, I, I'll never forget this. He said, I figure that they'll figure it out when they're old enough. And I said, well, how exactly do you expect them to do that? Do you send them to school? Of course. Do you teach them how to read? Of course. Do you teach them how to be polite? Of course. Well, why do you teach your children all these things and yet leave the most important thing in their life, their faith in God, to a roll of the dice? That's just bad parenting. You know, there's a, a book um, I read a couple of years ago called Tender Warrior by a guy named Stu Weber. And he talks about the importance of parents' faith in their children's lives. And I don't just mean instruction. I don't just mean telling your kids what to believe, but actually believing it, and when you fail, owning it. One of the biggest things you can do as a parent is apologize to your children when you blow it. Because you will. God knows I do. 
And Stu Weber makes this point that if, if, if parents, particularly dads, are the ones that take their kids to church and they're actively engaged in their faith, they are 75% more likely to become committed Christians than if they go with mom by themselves or not at all. Dads matter. Moms matter too. Grandparents matter. Friends, your encouragement, your witness, your testimony to your children and your grandchildren is the most important, listen, it's the most important aspect of their spiritual development for St. Timothy and for you. So we see Paul, firstly, encouraging Timothy by reminding him, Timothy, remember your mom and your grandma, remember what they taught you? Remember that? Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. So he, he reminds Timothy of his family's faith, but he also reminds Timothy of Paul's friendship. Let me, let me just say this. You know, if in your own life, your family is the most important influence on you, your second most important influence is your friends. I teach my children, girls, pick your friends carefully. Scripture is clear about the importance of our friends. Choose them wisely because they will impact you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Proverbs 27. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. One woman sharpens another. The point being, listen. Think of the friends that you have, the people whose company you keep. Are they encouraging you? in your faith in Jesus? Are they encouraging you in your walk? Or are they bringing you down? Are they withholding their friendship? Are they, are they really after something else? Do they laugh at you for your faith? Man, ditch them. A true friend, a true godly Christian friend is a person, thanks be to God, who knows you intimately, who knows your strengths, maybe more importantly, your weaknesses, who knows your fears, your aspirations, a good friend, a godly Christian friend knows the great dis disappointments in your life and the great joys and victories. And they love you anyway. As my dad used to say, warts and all. A true friend has as, your, as their highest goal, your flourishing. Paul says this to Timothy, Timothy verse 4, I long to see you that I, Paul, might be filled with with joy. He says, he, says, he says, I'm reminded of your faith, Timothy. For God, listen to this, verse 4. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. That's what the world says. God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's what the world says. God gave us a spirit of power. To see what he's doing. His friend Timothy is scared, frightened, and discouraged. Unsure of himself. Paul encourages Timothy by point two, reminding Timothy of Paul's confidence in him and that God's work has already been manifested in his life. I'm reminded, Paul says, I'm reminded, Paul says, Timothy, of the faith that already lives in you and the changes that God has already made on your life. Let me ask you a question. What do you fear right now? What, as you sit in that chair, what is the person sitting in your seat worried about right now? Maybe it's a medical condition or one of your family members is sick. Maybe you have problems with your kids or your grandchildren or your finances or who knows, man, fill in the blank. Everybody's got something, right? 
Maybe you're not satisfied with where you are in life or what you're doing, but you don't know what to do to change it. Let me, let me encourage you by reminding you of how God has worked in your life, just like Paul reminds Timothy. I'll give you an example. Here's a way you can remind, you encourage yourself or others. Think back to a time in your own life, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, I don't care, whatever. Think back to a time in your life when you were desperate, when you were scared, when the bottom fell out. Think back to a time in your life when you were so unsure and scared that you didn't know what to do. Think back to that. Can you still feel it? I can, boy. But let me ask you a question. Did God get you through it? You're sitting here. Yeah, it was painful at the time. Yeah, it was suffering is suffering. I'm not knocking that. I'm not, I'm not denying the reality of suffering. What I am saying is that, man, own it. Don't just own your family's faith. Own your own. Think back to times in your own life when you were really wrestling with something and now see how God has gotten you through it and be encouraged by that. Be reminded of that. Friends, a real faith, faith in God is not, faith in God is not an intellectual assent to a truth claim. You believe that God exists, big deal. Jesus says even the demons believe that. So what? But real faith is trusting in God and seeing his hand in your own, li your own life in the past so that you can be prepared and know what to do in the present and future suffering. So where in your, here's the thing, own this one too. Think about it. Where in your past have you struggled and wrestled with something? But now you can look back and you can see. You can see God, how the Lord delivered you. You can see God's hand on it. Own that and be reminded of that as an encouragement for your current struggle. And a real friend, a real Christian friend knows that struggle about you. And they remind you, like Paul reminds Timothy, of how God has been there for you in the past and he'll do it again. Be a, person who be a person who is willing to remind others and encouragement to others when they lose heart. Friends, that is the role of a Christian friend, to encourage one another, to love one another, to desire the flourishing of another. So Paul reminds Timothy of the faith of his family. Paul reminds Timothy of how God has worked in his life in the past. And then finally, Paul encourages Timothy by reminding him, Timothy, of God's grace. This is the biggest point. Paul reminds him in verse 14. He says, Timothy, remember your, be reminded of your mother's faith, okay? Be reminded of your own faith and my faith in you, Timothy, okay? Verse 14. Timothy, be reminded by the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. See, here's the thing. To be discouraged and to doubt, to be defeated in fear, friends, that is the world's reaction to suffering, and probably yours a lot of times too. We are all <laughs> one foot in and one foot out, right? We are all works in progress. We easily fall victim to fear. We all fall prey, we all stumble and fall, we all get back up and with, by God's grace, dust off and do it again. But what Paul is reminding Timothy, this is very important, and he's reminding you, is that the Holy Spirit as a Christian dwells within you. The Holy Spirit as, as God's, the third person of the Trinity is the encourager of you. 
Maybe the reason that you're so discouraged is that you're relying on your own power. Maybe the reason you're discouraged is you're trying to solve a problem that you can't solve. But God can. See, friends, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the encourager, is to fix us when we, which, that which we cannot fix on our own. So my brothers and sisters, as your priest, let me encourage you. Think about these things. Consider these things. How has the faith of those who raised you impacted your life? How, the, how have the people that you've got us surrounded you with encouraged you? But most importantly, how has God worked in your own life up till now? Where has God, God gotten you through a past struggle? Own it and know it and be reminded of it. Because Jesus has done this for us. If you are discouraged, if you are defeated, maybe it's because you're trying to solve the problem on your own. Rather than letting God work on you and receiving the encouragement of the Holy Spirit that he places in your life. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for those you've placed in our lives who encourage us. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for its encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who encourages us. Lord, help us to encourage those around us. Help us to be bold and faithful. Keep our eyes open to those who need our help and encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.